Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello, and welcome to Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap pod. My name is Natalie. I am one of your co-hosts, and I am—I have some good and some bad news. Uh, we did record the first ever Reba Watchables live pod to mark the first season's finale, um, and it was spectacular. Better than anything I ever could have dreamed. It was so much fun. Everyone showed up and showed out. Uh, the only caveat is that our ability to record live was questionable at best, as we learned. It's not really something to try and improvise, <laughs> but we did. Um, so the sound quality is quite bad. Also, there was like a happy hour happening at the bar. So anyway, listen, enjoy whatever you can understand, maybe you will appreciate. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Let's get into it. Let's get into the meat of it. You know, we've got some real, real wonderful diehards in the audience here. Um, 
So yeah, as you know well, the revolution has already been televised, but here we're bringing it to a live podcast show, um, which we're very excited about. We're going to recap the season finale of season one of Revolution. Oh yeah, we made this file into this three years. Into three years. Yes, the first episode of this podcast was recorded uh, on election night in 2020. So, a little bit of rewatching is more for you. Oh, yeah. And do you think we will get as drunk tonight as we were when we recorded that one? Yes. Uh, I think we can bring up yeah. our very first guest. We've got, we've got a whole round of guests tonight. Uh, everybody's going to get some time. And every. Everybody who was on the Watchables season one, who lives in the Dallas Fort Worth area, came out tonight, which is very cool. So we're gonna get our first guest out here. Uh, he's, he's most known for his appearance on the Watchables. Uh, other than that, he is of the Dallas Mavericks. He's been with Dallas Mavericks. Quite a while but now. I think you all know him. Luca Donchin! Bobby Perala! Our favorite man! Mike check, one, two, Mike check, one, two, what's up? Easy here. What's up, my fellow rebelievers? This episode, they're like, Mom's got to be in the house because my sister is expecting a baby any day now. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? Has she graduated high school or no? <laughs> a lot of similarities. Shine is 17, my sister's 35. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Wow, so I hope this is actually like kind of an educational experience for your mom. You know, watching the other That's fine. Oh, yeah, on my fourth watch through. You know, because I've been like real nervous. About being an uncle, right? First time uncle. I am a godfather to one of my friends' kids, but this is the first time I got you know family blood. It's like, what do I do for this kid? You know, how do I welcome my nephew into the world? And then I get to the last scene, and I'm just like frantically scribbling down the lyrics. Like, I, I know now what I'm going to do whenever little Cooper comes into the world. I'm performing the number. So yeah, I mean, normally we we do yeah break out of the episode. A synopsis. We're not going to do that because everyone here just watched it. We're going to do a uh, four-word synopsis. Cheyenne had a baby. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah, Cheyenne had a baby, finally. But, you know, we're coming full circle here. Cheyenne begins the season by getting pregnant, ends the season by having a baby. You know, it's the circle of life, really. It's a circle of life. Okay. So, I mean, what did you... Think this episode. What were your takeaways as a new uncle to me? You know? Yeah, so I thought really just like taking it from the top, first five minutes of the episode, I just caught myself thinking, is Kira having a moment? She was just, she was stealing the show. She was delivering so many singers. She tried to like 
push Cheyenne off of the stage? Question mark or something? She's trying to push her over for sure. I mean, she's throwing haymakers. She's spoiling Reba's graduation day at home movie. Just like popping into frame and saying like, put the camera down, you old bag. You know, I mean, she's pulling no punches. I love it. Um, so, oh, okay. I mean, we're a little context too. So, this episode aired May 10th, uh, 2002. My 11th birthday. 11th birthday. birthday. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, I have fond memories of all my friends gathering around the cell. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. We didn't even know this had such a sentimental like, The best birthday party of my life. I, I was going to ask, because, like, I. Until we all knew it was your birthday, I think we were all wondering, like, what, what did you do on the first single day bio after 9 11? But I think now, like, this is bigger. I mean, what's your first birthday after 9 11? It was my first one, and also I gotta say, you know, all that time in between May 5th and May 10th, excitement is building for this, for this finale. You know, how's it gonna end? Is the baby gonna come? We can have a cliffhanger. You know, it was hard for me to focus on like all the beer deals and all the music and all the birthday party festivities. I was thinking, what is going to happen to Cheyenne and Van's baby? <laughs> I mean, that's very relatable for a lot of us. Um, but in all seriousness, do you remember what you did for your 11th birthday or not? Ask mom. Yeah, I don't. I, I do remember on my 12th birthday, I went to a Rangers game. I wonder if there was an episode of Reba that night, too. I hope that so. you missed. <laughs> oh, I hope not, actually. I'm going to go back and watch season two. I got a 31-day uh, a Hulu free trial to pre-watch this episode for you, so I, I, maybe I can finish the whole series. That, so, yeah. obviously. Um, so we, have, we have, like, one more stat and the extent of the research we did. 5.4 million people watched this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for those at home, you can't see Bobby's face, but he made a very surprised face. <laughs> and for context, uh, this was the season finale of Reba. The series finale of Succession had 2.9 million viewers. <laughs> oh! So, yeah. Let's go! I mean, what is the better show, really? Like, just looking at the numbers, you know, yeah. I know you're a stats guy. Right? Not even, not even. Like, analytics-wise, <laughs> <Anime, laughs> like, think about how much smaller the population was back then, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're talking like tens of millions fewer people. It was probably like 50% of the world, like, watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's like no chat rooms, no forums to really kind of like help with the, the fandom. There were chat rooms. No. In 2002, there was definitely chat rooms. No, it's all organic fandom. <laughs> All organic. Found like people on the street. Have you seen the latest episode of At the playground, right? Like we're on the street saying it makes you want to shut up about what Jake is up to. Which is nothing. We got since we have an expert, we want an expert opinion. We might have asked you this question when we were on, but I feel like the roster has turned over since then. Who do you think what Dallas Maverick do you think is most likely? I, I think you probably interface with all of them except for the. Have you talked to rookies yet? I have. Okay, so have. you talked to every Dallas Maverick. Which one do you think is most likely to enjoy Reba and why is it Kyrie? Yeah, I was going to say Kyrie. <laughs> like, not even skipping a beat. Not a lot of Jews on uh, Reba. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. 
I will let that jump out if he gets you in trouble. He appreciates uh, highbrow drama. That's what I was going to say. I mean, so. it was a lot better than the kind of, like, you know, uh, cinema entertainment that he's been promoting. So, you know. Uh, we're moving on. We're moving on. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Wayne, the sound guy, is going to look that up. I, I do think, though, I want to say, I do think there's a good chance that uh, rookie Olivier Maxson's prosper, Olivier Maxson's prosper, was a Ryu fan. And the reason I say that is because if you rewind back to whenever Luca was a kid, he said that one of the ways he learned English was by watching Friends. And I was like, man, that's a huge missed opportunity. You could have just turned the dial and a couple knobs yes. and got there and go. But Olivier is only a few years younger than Luca. By, by the time he was coming up, it would have been in syndication. And his first language was French. So, odds are, he probably loves Rio. Yeah. I mean, we have like an insane... Like, so, we're going to tease... We're going to create a Patreon in the future. And we're going to tease it right now for like this insane gossip that we have about a former Dallas Mavericks potential oh, relationship with Reba. No way. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you off my Okay. Yeah. And then we're going to tease it. Yeah. Dude, I will chip in $5 a month, $20 a month. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go behind the paywall. It's that juicy. Yeah. I have no idea if it's true. I need, I need you to spill that tea <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, so, I'll tell you. Yeah. Separately, um, have you ever asked Luca about Barley House? Because he was famously photographed uh, in the story box. Just pivoting topics a little bit. Johnny sent me that photo, and I was shocked. <laughs> you know, the one thing I can say, Luca loves playing tennis, and the SMU tennis complex is, is nearby. So I'm thinking maybe after playing a few uh, tennis games, he's going to come over here and, you know, get a bite to eat, get something to drink, like a salad and a water, you know, and, yeah. and just really experience what Dallas has. Yeah. Yeah. Luca has never drank beer that I don't know. Vegetarian, total, you know, yeah. yeah. That's what people know him for. Yeah. Um, Alright, I think we have to set a schedule. Yes. So we're... we're Imaginary watches, but we've got so many amazing guests to get to. But Bobby, thank you so so much for taking us off here. Thank you. Next up, we have a very special person for both of us who doesn't necessarily have the same online presence, but she does make excellent candles that are quite stunning that are available for purchase. Uh, on the internet, wherever candles are sold, I think. Anyway, uh, please give it up for Taylor Evans! Get a room, Taylor. Get up here. Is it on? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Wayne's controlling those things. He's, he's gonna turn it off. So. Don't mess <laughs> Um, so, for the uninitiated, which I don't think is anyone here, Taylor was our neighbor for a very lovely period of time, and now has graduated to be simply being our friend. Yes. Um, but, our, our podcast. Yes. Is basically how I think about it. Yes. No, our, our star podcast, yes, also. Um, and an excellent candle maker. 
as I mentioned, go buy some candle glue, candles. That's candle glue. That's true. Subscribe to that Patreon. She has a Patreon that's active, so. It's really not that active. I'm like, um, months behind. Don't tell them that. I'm going to put the Mavericks relationship with Reba player. I'm going to put it on Taylor's thing. At that point, you've got to buy it for like 100 kilos. Right. Yes, I mean, Taylor, what were your general takeaways from this episode? I want to start off by saying when I hung out with you guys, I said, do I need to watch the episode? And you said no. And I did watch the episode anyway because I knew it was a trick. And you guys were trying to embarrass me in If there was a single Reba episode that was written by my mom, it was this one. Um, this, is, this is a big reveal, Taylor. Your mom actually wrote that episode. Yeah, yeah, my mom is really <laughs> down. Um, I thought it was fine. I actually really, not to bring it down, I thought this was a really dog shit episode. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what Johnny said at the end. He was, like, pretty angry at how bad it was. It was, it was, it was so really bad. Yeah. So, um, I yeah. think they were, like, they really, well, I don't know. I, maybe it was a time. Maybe. But <laughs> it's a different time when we were all alive. <laughs> how much having a baby like, shocked the world. You know, yeah. like, we don't have to have any jokes. We don't have to have any other plot. A baby will be born, and America will just, you know, their heart will melt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were trying to, like, cash heartwarming checks that there was nothing there to, to be cashed. Yeah. It, like, yeah. it was not. Uh, I will say everyone looked incredible on this episode. Uh, Van looks better than ever. Rock in the flashbacks was looking great. Reba looked stunning. I will, she looks so skinny, too. She's, like, she was she was on the Zephyr. Yeah, yeah she was like, the first one. She was doing the, um, the trials. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brock just dressed in like different eras of douchebag. Yeah. You know, like like Miami Vice. They were acting like when Cheyenne was a kid, that it would be like the 70s. It's like Cheyenne's only 17. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It would have looked exactly the same. Yes. Kira got a lot of work in this episode. 
and the main thing they had her with was trying to be believable that she loved her sister. <laughs> and she failed so dramatically. <laughs> it was a lot of like, you know, I like I will do one thing that's really important for you. And the only way like, I will I will not tell your parents that you're giving birth, that you're in labor. Right. Yeah. That was like the most inopportune time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a brand new 
baby looks like it's like how he was in this video. He felt like they, they thought of the idea, like, we're going to have her sing. And people were like, holy shit, she's going to advertise. And then they, they like, posted on that idea. And then, like, two days before, they hadn't written the end of the episode. And they just threw some shit together. Yeah. And then they were like, sing, sing, sing. And then you can see it right at the very end.
Um, anyway, everybody give it up for Taylor. They are two members of the Ottoman Turks who will be playing right after this podcast. One of them is a first-time Reba Washables guest. Give it up for Will and Paul. Reba and Paul. No good men. That's Billy Law here. Yeah. I don't know who Will is. I've never met him before. <laughs> These tools are quite precarious, I'm trying not to move at all, lest I just tumble off of the one foot tall stage. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on. Paul, uh, you're a first timer, how does it feel? Uh, yeah, uh, long time listener, first time responder. <laughs> it, feels, it feels great.
constantly like worried about things or like distract herself, she just gets deep into anything. So she kind of told me like, hey, Terrace uh, attack like not great. Um, it's like you're, the new computer came in. And it was like a, it was a gateway, and like we spent so much time trying to put that shit together, and like she had no idea what she was doing. But like God bless her, like it was yeah, she did her best. Um, yeah, first thing of the mile. I would put you in like. I mean, y'all have been spent a lot of time at the House, like, multiple residencies at Barley House. What do you think the first single denial of 9 11 after Barley House? I gotta think, I mean, our approximation to SMU, the cultural appropriation hasn't been off the charts. <laughs> Yeah, not in a fine, respectful establishment, but it's Farley House. No, we love it. Farley House. There, honestly, they've been, you know, keeping it cool for a really long time. Yes. I, yeah, no, maybe outside, you know, on the streets. Oh yes. A good amount of that, and probably still is to this so, day. Not announcing the demise. I mean, all the time, everyone's great on nervous. That's like that's a new thing. For those undershaded and listeners who don't live here, Barley House is a very cool, historic in its own way uh, oh, place in Dallas. Uh, old 97's had a residency here. Cliffs. Arbiters, all sorts of bands. The first Reba Watchables live pod here, another historic event. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's like a, so there's another historic venue in Dallas called Trees, and you can go to Trees with a Wikipedia page. You know how they just try to like sum up things real quick? There, there's a sentence there that says, famous acts such as uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, a tribe called Quest, and Charlie XCX. I, I feel like Reba Watchables is a Charlie XCX and Barley House. I mean, we're, we're grappling towards it for sure. But yes, Barley House, very cool vibe. Also, walking distance from the George Bush Presidential Library. So that's sort of the overall vibe. Um, I can guarantee you. Speaking of 9 with the past week, I've listened to so much more Reba Watchables than I have Charlie XCX. <laughs> Up a joke on this episode. We're we're trying. We're angling. We know that a reboot reboot is coming. We're manifesting it. We're trying to be in that writer. Thank you, Paul. Reboot. Thank you. We're trying to be in that writer's room. So we're trying to get our chops up. What's it good? Were there any jokes that you would have punched up from this episode? Okay, so I didn't know what our category was until a couple minutes before we went on. Wilson, oh, it's crazy, I thought the same thing. Yeah. No, but seriously, after the episode is over, I like to sit down here, I thought the jokes were pretty good. I know that, Taylor, uh, I respect your uh, your opinions about the episode being bad. And, uh, the episode was bad. We can all agree that. But I thought there were some pretty good jokes in there, and I didn't see a lot of opportunity to, to punch up. I did see one, and I asked Paul what he was like, I got three. I did one, and I was like, okay, so I got this one, he's like, that's the same one. So I get at least one of yours, sorry. So you tell yours, and then I'll tell mine, and I'll give you credit. 
Um, so one that I had is when uh, ba- little baby Cheyenne is asked uh, uh, Reba, like, is that what you're wearing? It's an amazing dress. I really want to, like, the flashback to present time, and Reba's wearing the same dress. And I know that, like, that dress is just ridiculous, but, like, they could have, like, met halfway. And I was just waiting for Reba to just be like, I look good. Like, yeah. <laughs> this kid doesn't know shit. <laughs>
It's going to get like a hundred retweets. Man, we should have fun stuff. Anyways, the one joke that I had, uh, and Paul had the same idea, uh, I thought it was a really great line when she was talking about like grandma names. And she's like, Catherine, you know, I always liked that. I'm like, that's a, that's a good joke, you know? <laughs> but the like, the most endearing jokes in sitcoms are the ones that really get people involved and when you have like a callback. 100% when she saw that baby, she should have been like, hi, you know, I'm Catherine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true, that's true. That would have been so easy to work like. Yeah. And I know we gotta stay on schedule, but a category we're gonna do later, cultural media to put it in her most incongruous moment. Oh, I have to the one I talked to you about? Yeah. Oh. That was, that was the one I'm talking about. That was like the smallest auditorium I've ever seen. Right. Like, okay. the end is not going anywhere. Oh, you guys like to I graduated with nine people. That was a gigantic class. The year before me was three. Well, I graduated with a class of 50, and I saw that scene, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. Like, I so. mean, bands, like, as you're saying, bands going to... Was recruiting well, we don't want to give it away. Yeah. Uh, Five and this is the graduation, and there's 20 people there. Like, okay. I mean, that's how the cornerback led the team. Exactly. It was that good. It was like an inter interception every time. They still don't know, like, don't throw that guy. Right, no, I know. I, I think we're going to find out. Why not you know the reality check for a man at the University of Houston? If my school had a football team, a cornerback could have destroyed Barley House, and I was like, y'all are so weird, and I love you so much. 
I was in, yeah, I had to, I was in LA yesterday and I'm going to Denver to see my family tomorrow and I was like, okay, if I can finagle this to where I'm here on Wednesday, I'm in, here we are. He texted his agent and he said, make it happen. <laughs> yeah. He texted me back and was like, who's this? Yeah, no. Process to try and bring people watchables outside of the three or so people who typically listen to it. You know, explaining what it is is a challenge. You know, people don't necessarily know. I respect. Well, okay. I respectfully disagree, but mainly because I am terminally online, and so are most of my closest friends. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing this Reba podcast, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And I say. It's a Bill Simmons parody. It's the Reba Watchables. No, no. And they immediately. That's not right. No, that's not right at all. They immediately are like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Like, that's fucking incredible. I'm like, I know, they're so clever. That's hilarious. I don't have time for that shit. Reba, Reba Watchables is currently climbing its apex mountain. That's what's happening right now. Sneaky good. Well, thank you so much for diverting your flight to join us. Um, we thought, for you, given your football expertise, we would mind the Ram question a little more deeply, and just the general, like, future of the Reba sitcom universe, you know? So, I don't think we, I think when we had you on, it was before this was decided, right? The USC episode? Mm -hmm. Where did you like the University of Houston committed? The University of Houston, despite... Pete Carroll era USC recruiting him hard. They came to Reba's house. USC came so to Reba's house. Pete Carroll era USC wanted Van, and he chose. He would have been. He, he would have been on the Matt Line era So this was like years because you know Tom Herman era Houston. I get it. Or even Dana Holgerson era Houston. I get it. I don't know about 2002 era or 2001 era Houston like. I just don't think they had it like that. Yeah, no, Brock good, is not good, happy about it. Good for him. Good for him for staying home, you know? He wanted to prioritize family, China, and the baby. And Pete Carroll was like, we could never finance this for you. We just, we don't have those kind of funds. I mean, can you imagine? Like, do you think they would have won the Rose Bowl? If they had been. Yes, are you kidding? Of course they would have. How many? It's of course. Like five minutes, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, Keep in mind, like, Pete Carroll got there in 99 or 2000, and he was there until, I know, I'm just, I'm just bullshitting right now, but he was, I think he was there until 2010. Then they went to the Rose Bowl, like, eight times in that time frame. Like, of course, Van would have been part of the Rose Bowl. Right? Like, even, he, you know, he would have been John David Booty. He would have been the next guy after... Uh, Matt Liner, he's like, I waited my turn. Our daughter is five years old. I'm ready. Like, she's going to remember this. This is going to be incredible. It would have been great. But I'm glad, I'm glad he stayed home. He just didn't, you know, like, What's like, do this. best case scenario for Van? You know, he goes to Houston, plays, plays his time. What's your draft White like cornerback coming into the league in 2002. What does he do? I mean, 2000, I guess he would come into the league in 2005, six. See, here's the problem. The football landscape has changed so much even since Reba was on. Because even, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, it's still like, it's base defense, we're going to run the ball, we're going to do this, and, you know, 
Guys aren't getting as many reps. It's not as pass-happy. Today, actually, there's a Houston quarterback right now named Clayton Toon. His name is Ben Montgomery? He's from the Dallas area. I don't remember who drafted him, but he's a hell of a player. Van could have been him, but he's stuck in the wrong era. So, like, my, my cynical, realistic projection for him is that in 2002, 2003, he's probably, like, scout team quarterback. He's handing the ball off way too much. He doesn't get to showcase his stuff. He's probably, like, a sixth-round pick, and he does some practice squad years, and then he's living in Sugarland. With his family, like ah, I could have, I could have done this. I could have been this guy. He's not getting that pitch. No, he's not. Van's not getting enough. That's sad. Which is it's sad because I think he could have now, but again, it's just a different world. But then he got on shameless, you know, and then he changed the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, you really painted a picture for us vividly of Van's future. So, like, your job, part of your job, is to go on TV and make predictions. We're not, we're not very good at it, but yes. Well, that's not the important part. And so, like, we just wrapped up season one. You probably, I don't know, you watched some of most of the seasons? As if you, if you think back, I'm going to do a callback to my first appearance. I've seen so much of Reba because my uh, my high school girlfriend's mom used to like you know if they did like a Reba marathon on Lifetime or whatever channel she's watching the whole damn thing. So I've seen probably 80 episodes of Reba just sitting on the couch with my ex girlfriend's mom. And but I could everybody watches shows with their high school girlfriend's mom. Like that's what they You're trying to win them over, so you're like, oh my god, this is so great and so funny. But I couldn't tell you which seasons. Like I have no idea. Okay, so so like knowing that Cheyenne just had a baby, Reba's happy. What do you like? Whether you remember or not, give give me an FS1 level prediction. Like what are we like? Lashawn McCoy is like no. Uh, you know, Dan's gonna be a bad dad, and now it's your turn. Yeah, he's like, you're, you're all wrong about this. <laughs> I mean, I think, on, look, Reba's, Reba's comfort TV, right? Like, this, this is not the show. This is not, this is not the show for plot twists. I honestly feel like, I, I feel like 90% of the character arcing is done after like one I'm season. The around the horn ding. Ding, 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 ding. But like we're just we're just gonna grow closer together as a family unit. Like I know it already happened in the first season, but it's gonna happen like five more times where Reba's like, damn, you stole my husband, but I really do love you. Like that's the type of that's just the type of show that this is. Even though that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So like I just we're just gonna get closer together and we're gonna have you know it's gonna be a, a tight family unit and yeah I don't know if they live in Sugarland but they live in one of those Houston suburbs. Okay, this is Sugarland. So okay, so it's unfortunately it's a pretty predictable show, but that doesn't make it any less good. I'm giving you a lot of around the horn things for sure, <laughs> but I do think like Kira is gonna be the wrench in the you know. Love, you know, family bonding vibe. 
Well, everybody's got to go through their I hate everyone teenage years. She's already there. Yeah, we, saw, say, we saw some foreshadowing of that in this episode when the principal was like, I can't wait to have you in my school. Right, well, yeah. Like, that's a like, thing to say, yeah, but. No principal should say that about any child. <laughs> if, if I can just interject, I just, the opening scene of the episode, I I applauded. I was like, stick it to her. She sucks. Like, get her out of here. And even Van telling the youngest son to, like, boo her out the door, I was like, this is a family moment, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was, it, that, that's what Reba is at heart. The show is about uh, uh, putting closed-minded people in their place. <laughs> Absolutely. They carry that message through so strongly. <laughs> you, you really see it woven in every episode. It's called subtext. Um, all right, Dave. Well, we. Are so grateful to you for being here, for talking to Reba. Any any parting words for our friends here? I just keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> that's, that's a famous Reba song, actually. <laughs> uh, no, it's a blast. I would do anything for y'all. I love y'all so much. I love Reba. Um, Yes, she's still, we still don't know if she's definitely coming tonight or not, you know, TBD. I, I know y'all have a lot on your plate with your whole marriage and everything, your wedding. Yeah, pending marriage. But, I mean, we should do this again, like this should, you know, I know. Every week. I, the Barley House staff are going to be clamoring for it. Whenever y'all need me, I'm here. Okay, thank you, Dave. Everybody give me a hand. Oh, okay, we're back. Um, we're gonna cruise through our last two groups. We've got the lead singer of the Ottoman Turks and the head of important staffer at Records. I can't remember her but the most important person there, no doubt. That's what they call it. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I call it. That's, so, Courtney Wright and Nathan Mongol Wells. Hey, thank you. Give it up, give it up. Uh, Courtney is another first time Reba Watchables guest. We're so excited to have her. These are actually her copies of Reba on DVD She's from her childhood. Um, okay, I've been trying to track that in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I've been asking my dad because he has like this whole DVD tracking app. <laughs> you have been tracking that? Yes. Okay. Um, it's a long story. Yeah. He's very proud of his DVD. First time I ever dropped her off at the house, and we were not even dating yet. First thing he showed me, he walked me upstairs, and then Simon was just gestures at his DVD club. Wow. You talk to about girlfriend's parents. Yeah, well, you know. Rika really brings the family together, but go ahead. So yeah, I ultimately I had not figured it out. My dad was like probably like Walmart or Best Buy when he got them or something, or where he got them, and I was like, wait, did you give them to me for Christmas or like what was it? So really, I think they're just like always been a part of my life. I mean, that's really beautiful when you put it that way. That they've just always been a part yeah. of your life. They were just I mean, there. <laughs> I've had like friends borrow these DVDs. Wow. And now we're those friends, Barney. Yeah. First yeah. something insane. <laughs> I like to think that I got this from Tastings, which is R.I.P., um, which was the best 
Mostly, mostly reboot seasons is what they saw. Mostly seasons of reboot is what they saw. Is there like exclusive audio commentary on these DVDs or no? I have not checked. Well, I know what we're doing later tonight. Selected episodes. Selected episode commentary. I don't know. Okay. There is commentary. So this. Opens the door for so many more episodes of Rebo Watchables. The Christmas bonus episode, you know, of Rebo Watchables. I mean. So, well, so when did you discover the show? At what point in your life? It's kind of the same answer. I literally can't remember, and it's kind of just always been a part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't remember a time without Rebo, like his sitcom in your life. It, that's that's kind of beautiful. Is someone? Ask you like what are the top three favorite shows from your childhood? Do you think it would play that that high? Um, <laughs> maybe it depends on like what part. Of, I mean, I would. I think I did discover it like later, like beginning of college. Oh, probably. Okay. Like, Eight-ish years after the first episode or something. You were watching it in real time. So during that time, yes, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the category we're going to touch on it with, with uh, Billy and Paul is the most incongruous moment of this episode. Of this episode. So the one that kind of like took you out of it. Yeah. You know, it's like they're like watching, you're like, oh, this is and having your baby, and then you're like, wait, what? This is like a, like a common thing in Reba where like they have a plot, it's established, and something happens at least minimum once an episode where you're watching and you think, why, why did that happen? Like, who chose to make that happen? Uh, and I mean, I think personally, I don't know what your thoughts are. It's, there's an easy winner. I think so. But I love it. To be clear, and again, I'm gonna side with with Billy Law on this one. Sorry, Taylor. I love this episode. It wasn't heavy in the laughs, but it was heavy in the heart. And really, why you tune into Reba if not for those? But like the laughs are almost secondary to like to the tears. What's that? To the tears. To the tears. Yeah. Happy tears. Uh, you owe me a beer. I'm kidding. Don't mind me. Um, but it was definitely the song at the end was just like, oh, 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 what up? This is happening? What's, what's happening right now? The vignette that closes in on the yeah, lighting changes. Literally, like, the spotlight goes to her, everybody else fades to black. Literally turns into, like, a 20-second long CMT video at the time. And does it very well, to be clear. Uh, I mean, I was all in, but it's also like, oh, like, very dark. So, Like, the longer it goes on, you start to, like, like five seconds in it, you're like, wait, the episode gonna end? Like, right. And then 15 seconds in, you're like, the episode's definitely yeah. gonna end. And then, well, we watch you watch the movie, you get a commercial. Yeah, and then the credits roll, I'm like, oh, yep, that's it. I'm watch this uh, yeah. Red Lobster commercial to see if there's more. I mean, it's like, she couldn't easily just, like, sing with the baby, and everybody's, like, there, too. You but know? It didn't need to be a Reba solo moment. In this, so it would have been that would have been incongruous as well, right? No, like, it would have some people can just sing when they are professionals. <laughs> when like, Reba sings, <laughs> it's professional. But sorry, Courtney, what, what about you? Um, I don't know how good the answer is, but 
I just thought it was really weird that no one assumed she was in labor when like she was having pain. And like they all just waved it off like, oh yeah, she's just yeah. walking out or you know, seeing if she has shoes on or Right, like a, a literal child figured it out. Yeah, just being like, hey, dude, are you Kira is an ancient soul child's body. She's like, I think you're probably having a baby right now. And like, yeah. I have lived a million lifetimes and <laughs> yeah. I have seen you. Yeah, Shannon's like, you're not going to tell anybody. I've been in this situation like 10 times. <laughs> you know how much shit I buried for Jake? <laughs> you remember Jake? I remember mom was in labor for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a good call out too. It was like, like Johnny said, like the fact that it took Viva's like flashback, like, ow, oh, like, wait, I was in pain. Now she's in pain. Maybe she's in labor. <laughs> None of us have had three children, uh, or, or any children, I think, on the stage. Uh, and therefore, Maybe that's just how it goes. I don't know. My mom's here. We could ask her if, like, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, you block it all out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's acting very, for the folks at home, she's acting very surprised right now. Like, oh, yeah, that's how labor works. We've got a lot of moms in the, in the audience. Okay. My mom is also here. Strong mom from house. Woo! Mom! We got a church mom in the house as well. Our only church mom. Shout out all the moms, all the, you know, this was
first season? Do you think that it's like, at it, is it like at its peak right now, or is it going to get way better? I think it's better. Oh, wow. Have they watched a lot because of her, and, and then recently we were watching some later season episodes. Uh, to David's point, it does retain the same tone, but it does get better. Man, we were, we were in for a long and beautiful 14 years ago. <laughs> You hear that part of the house? There's some intense parts, I remember. The Kira stuff is like, oh my god. Ooh. Get ready, folks. Wow. Does she get pregnant too or not? Spoilers. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh oh, okay. Well, pretend I didn't say that. Uh, Alright, well. Reba so, gets pregnant. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, it's like just getting the Turks on stage sooner than later. I think we will move on to our final guest, if that's all right. But you guys are the best. Courtney. We are going to have to wrap up the watchables very soon because we're going to go over the commentary now that we have your beauty. Um, all right, for our final guest, I don't think we have a D Magazine editor. Uh, what? Okay. And the author of three books. On Deep Bellum, local. Oh, Mike is here. There he is. I can see you with the same place. Two D Magazine folks. Just kidding. All the way from Plano. Thank you, Mike. Like, 
Wow, we're, we're talking, we've talked about Farley House, we've talked about Ottoman Turks' relationship with Farley House. Zach has a relationship with Farley House. It's um, also a Barley House podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Barley Pod. <laughs> right, I told, I told you guys, I, uh, when I ran for mayor in 2006 and 2007, this is where um, all our campaign meetings were. And that's who's my Amazing. Yes. So there was a lot of times, I would come from work, I was working at uh, American Way magazine at the time, and so I, I'd come from work, go there. Uh, sometimes they do like live band karaoke, then I'd go home and hang out with my family for like an hour, and then I'd go uh, write the book I was working on, the uh, Got That Girl thing. It's got too much going on, this guy. Too much. He could have, I mean, the state of the city could have been in. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> It would be like that meme, you know, where there's like the us now and us if whatever happened, and it's like the utopia. It would be like 1989 Batman Gotham, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like that would just be like, oh, I guess I'll let the Joker in. <laughs> I mean, did you ever think back then that you would be back doing a podcast about the show? That's what we all. That's all we talked about. <laughs> In, in, in 16 years, I'm gonna be up here, up there on that stage, guys. I'm gonna be up there on that stage talking about the Eva. Didn't get to run the city, but I do get to close out the Eva. Yeah. Like I don't even know, I'm like I don't even want to, I don't even want to run the city. I just want to, I just want to talk about um, the last two episodes of season one of Eva. That's true. That was actually the last guest we had on Eva. That's true. It was really like a really scary storm, like the power. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Sort of like felt very apocalyptic. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, the twist of turns you're like, just tell you. <laughs> for the for the I've gone from there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mike runs the sports vertical of uh, D Magazine, and so we're going to get into a very special category that we invented. We did steal it from a podcast that never ripped off. I'm sorry, um, Paul, you were explaining a category. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we, this is called the J.R. Smith podcast. This is called the J.R. Smith podcast. He does. Yes. We'll get him on this new crossover pod. Uh, it's an original award. Didn't steal it from anyone. And it's for the, the character in a Reba episode. Or we can open this up to the Reba season one, uh, who made some blunders, a la J.R. Smith, did something stupid, something that everyone should be mad at for, but then we all still love them again, a la J.R. Smith. I mean, you guys, what do you think? Isn't this the whole conceit of the show? Like, Reba, Reba's husband leaves her for another woman that he impregnates, but she loves him. Ben and, uh, and uh, you know, Cheyenne have a teenage baby out of wedlock in the Bible Belt and, you know, clearly or whatever. And, you know, we're, we're all cool with that. Uh, Kira says awful things to everyone all the time. That's like her, her whole bit, but we still love her. Like, this is the whole, it's the J.R. Smith Award of shows. Wow. <laughs> this is a really hot take. We got it. We like, did yeah, like his category beforehand and he came right <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I like that. I mean, it's basically like a a cash full of Jarrett's like, yeah, just, yeah. which, like, flawed people, I mean, dare I say, just the original anti-heroes, <laughs> a bunch of Don Draper. The kid's okay, right? The son, he's all right. He's just, like, a, he's yeah, innocent. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, deeply unloved, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, he says, I'm even to because she's just getting too many shots off. She's just like, she's got to just like do her shit the entire time. Why did we decide, you know, when they opened the floor to farm animal noises, why did they decide on moo as the default? Like, I feel like a good pig noise would have been way more than All right, give me an example, Mike. Give me the pig noise. You open the door to this. Can you hear a pig noise? Come on, come on, come on. Alright, we're done. Do it again. Do it again. No, no, no. Come on, give me two. 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 I was hoping you would actually ask the Dion Waiters Award. If we're not stealing hypothetical things. I don't know what that is. Well, you know, hypothetical Bill Simmons personality. Just the biggest, like, you know, confidence, like, irrational confidence moment of the show. Because as I was watching the ending montage, which I think we've all, not the montage, the song, we've all gone back to the songs for a good reason. But, like, can you imagine being in the writer's room when this is coming about? Like, you've got to end the whole season of this shit. And so we said, like, well, how do we cap this off? What's our big go home moment? We're just like, guys, I've got this. Yeah, no, that, that is true. That's actually a very good point. Like, like you have to see the idea that, like, I'm throwing the writers in the bus as if they could possibly write a whole episode and be just like, Yes. <laughs> Scratch that. I'm going to sing for 95 seconds. And then we're just going to fade to black. I'm kind of surprised that. they didn't do that every episode. Though. That, that's like their, like, that's their, like, Doogie Howser thing. Like, like, you know, she, like, like whatever, and then, like, kind of looks at each other. Oh, I got the point. Or, like, the Seinfeld, like, comedy check or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. let's lead up to, uh, to Reba. Right, like, what's the like, 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 Reba did that. She's good. Write a new song and pick that pulls out every episode. I'm just hoping too that she was like real high maintenance about the stuff like. She's like, type, 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 no, 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 I like how we devolved into an actual Bill Simmons podcast. Oh, I was saying the wig work was really great. Like, when they were kept, like, stepping back to, to Cheyenne being younger, I think the wigs looked, like, pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah. I mean, the wigs sucked, but that was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, actually better than her hair that she had in, in most of the rest of the episode. Wow! <laughs> Shots fired at Reba's hair? What shit, she I'm, I'm she's not that Reba, that Reba is great though. She looked like, uh, oh no, she looked like, uh, like <laughs> Izzy. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, we're being lost. You've both been on, you've both been on previous episodes, so you've been forced to watch previous Literally two episodes. episodes. So, that's two, two Reba episodes that you've seen. Was this one the better one or the worst one? Yeah. <laughs> 
great fire. That's why I'm good. That's why I'm a good father, because I don't like to read. Oh, yeah. Now, like, I don't give a shit. Zach is a dad. Yeah. One of us is a father, and one of us has written three books. I can tell you which. Mike, which of, which of the books you wrote is your favorite? <laughs> oh, we also cooked up an idea for uh, how to measure a margaritas over there beforehand. It's uh, cup size. What size? Cup size. Well, there you go. That's all I'm going to mention. Okay, uh, so, what we were talking about being a dad, right? Yeah. Uh, I have a father. I don't care about that. Father to a father to a The last guest. Oh, wait, what was the question? I think I like the last episode better a little bit. Let's read this in. I think I remember you being on that. On the episode you were on, I think I remember apologizing for how bad it was. <laughs> it was, was, was pretty bad one. It was all in the backyard. Yeah. Well, well, it's not a good backyard, one. Backyard, but like treehouse. The <laughs> worst treehouse ever. We're, we're really devolving here. I'm clearly devolving. Um, anyway, let's give it up for. Do you have a last word, Mike? <laughs> I'm going to take it home. Take it home. I'm going to be my measure child. Take it home, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, for the whole room of Washington. I'm just going to model on my baby then. Young son, and... No, we, we honestly... This, this has... We've driven into the day. This has somehow fallen apart less, a little bit less than most episodes. But... <laughs> yeah, you were the only casualty, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> but honestly, to whatever degree, I'm able to be serious, which is not my... Thank you to all the guests that came on. Thank you. Like how like these are all people with like really like impressive and cool careers doing very various various things that are stuff that we admire a lot. And we we texted all of them and said like, do you want to come on and watch this? And like we have texted or DM people who've said that. And they've done the like, uh, yeah, like at some point, man. <laughs> everyone here, like, said, like, oh, hell yeah. Like, when? And they talked about the dumbest shit possible. And, like, and, and listened to us say things that, like, we had to possibly edit out so they didn't get in trouble. <laughs> and then, not only that, they came to this. And, to Bradley House. Yeah, and, like, embarrass themselves with us and uh and we really appreciate it so yes. thanks y'all thank for coming out thank thank you for for yeah. and thank you everybody for being here um, i don't think that the audio from this podcast is going to be listening <laughs> so i think so you guys got a real like uh, a real personal one what, yeah a real like yeah. totally one unique yeah. never um thank you all for being here and stick around with anonymous i promise it will be yes. as fun of a show as you've seen in all year in your life um, in your and yeah life stay tuned for yes. season two of people watching <laughs>